data is everywhere. So how come we can't consistently answer the big question, how's my product doing? Hi, everybody. I'm Bob Bowman, Editor-in-Chief of Supply Chain Brain, and this is the Supply Chain Brain Podcast. Clearly, we've made great strides toward the tracking and tracing of product in the pipeline as it makes its way from raw materials to manufacturing to distribution and, ultimately, the end consumer. But that doesn't mean we've licked the data problem altogether. Data silos continue to disrupt the smooth flow of information throughout the supply chain. And we're a long way from being able to standardize and make sense of the multiple data streams and databases that make up modern-day, multi-tier supply chains. On this episode, we assess the problems and prospects of data with Clark Ritchie, Chief Technology Officer of FactGem. We'll talk about how those silos can be torn down, the pluses and limitations of analytics, the maturity of artificial intelligence, the suitability of blockchain, and the dangers of the black box, AI that can't explain the reason behind its decisions. So here is my conversation with Clark Ritchie. Clark Ritchie, welcome to the show. Thanks. Pleasure to be here. So the big question here we're discussing is companies are asking the, uh, I don't know how many million dollar question, how is my product doing? And the answer to that is based on the quality and availability of the data that they are receiving throughout their supply chain. So just I want to get a sense here. Typically, how many data streams might we be talking about in a typical supply chain that must be managed in order to get the requisite information to answer that big question? Yeah, that's a great question. And of course, to some degree or another, it varies depending upon the size of your business and how much control you have over your own supply chain. Are you doing in-house production and development of some portion of it, or is it all completely outsourced? That being said, many large companies are dealing with hundreds of different data streams to manage their supply chain. Because if you have an inventory portfolio, for example, that might have several hundred thousand different items in it. All of those things are made up of different parts, which come from different manufacturers typically. So it's a really massive data challenge. Especially with multi-tier supply chains, which I guess pretty much defines just about every global supply chain. But to what extent is data actually coming from second tier, third tier, fourth tier, all the way back to uh, raw material sourcing? Is, is that f- flowing effectively right now or is that a challenge? I think that's been a challenge in the industry for a while. Various suppliers and, and sources and factories and so forth will supply more data than others. But as you said, in this multi-tier environment, it can be difficult to get to that second tier. Suppliers are not always making that data available and flowing it through, whether that's due to a technological challenge or a concern they might have about trying to protect some sort of business advantage in not sharing the information about their suppliers. So that is absolutely a challenge. Mm -hmm. I think as a whole, the industry would do better with more sharing of that data, certainly. Boy, the deliberate withholding of data, boy, that's a a real problem, I would guess, because the whole point of data is that it should be transparent, but I can see where there might be some issues there where they feel like there's proprietary information. But 
how is all this data being transmitted? I, I take it it's coming in in just a variety of different formats, and is that the case? To a large degree, yes. I mean, there are some standards, particularly in certain industries and different manufacturing industries and so forth, about how they structure the data. But absolutely, it's coming in using different technologies in different formats at different rates. Sometimes it comes in daily or faster. Other times it might be batch. It could be weekly or monthly. I've seen scenarios where it's still essentially coming in in paper or uh, a PDF, which is almost paper at that point. Yeah, oh boy, and that requires a lot of manual input, which creates the opportunity for errors all the way down the line. Where do you think are the biggest black holes right now of data, the most difficult places to obtain it, and the places in the supply chain where it is hardest to get your hands on? I think, you know, for the moment, the, again, the first-tier suppliers are, are doing a good job. It's fairly easy to get that. As you mentioned, this you know, the second tier, it definitely can be difficult. Shipping and transportation tends to be fairly transparent because that industry really does rely on being able to accurately share their information about where the goods are, what the state of the transit is for the various goods with a fairly high degree of accuracy. Honestly, I think probably the biggest mm-hmm. challenge for companies comes once the data arrives. You know, so much of it, how do you put it all together and make sense of it all? That's a really huge challenge. And before a lot of companies could really even take advantage of any more or any better data, they've got to do a better job managing the data that they have coming in today. Well, I want to talk more about that in a second, but I I also just want to get a sense of the degree to which this is timely data. Is it coming in on a real-time basis, a near-time basis? Is it coming in in batches, thereby being delayed, or is it all of the above? It's all of the above. There's really no standard for that. Again, and a lot of it's going to be depending upon the industry. In some cases, the actual production takes a certain period of time. Things aren't rolling off of the supply line or the assembly line every minute, every second. There might be some things that take a day or two to really get any kind of meaningful numbers out of there. So it, it definitely is impacted both by the rate of production and certainly by the infrastructure of the company that is providing that information. So it, it's all over the map. And you talk about big challenge. If it's when it's coming in, how is it aggregated? Where is it being stored? There's this problem of disjointed storage systems. That's still a huge problem, is it not? There is no one place, or where should be that one place where all this data comes in and is somehow managed in a coherent fashion? Yeah, it's a really hard challenge. Again, if you think about the companies that are getting this information, uh, for the most part, these aren't IT companies. These are companies that are retailers, they're manufacturers, they're big industrial companies, and they're focused on that. How do I take these component parts, these finished goods, get them out to retail, make my product or whatever, do whatever it is my needs to do with them? And of course, there's an IT component to that, Mm -hmm. but this is a really big IT challenge. And it's overwhelming for companies that aren't specifically IT-focused. I've seen some of the largest retailers in the world who are considered across the board to have very good control of the supply chain manage it with hundreds of disconnected access databases. That's not a good state to Mm -hmm. have to be in. And they have to have individuals or systems within their organizations in order to somehow make sense of that. Uh, I would imagine that uh, probably the talent for that type of ability is pretty scarce these days. Absolutely. And if you talk to leaders in those positions, even the best organizations, what they'll often tell you is that when they're sitting in the boardroom with the CEO and and the other leaders, 
and they get asked questions that impact the supply chain. For example, you may want to do a flash sale, which may create an increased supply side demand generation. They get asked, can we meet that? If we really do bump sale of this product up 30%, for example, can we meet that? And very often, because things are so disparate, it's a finger-in-the-wind type of a guess. They think maybe, sort of, or maybe not, but they really don't have good, hard, data-based answer most of the time. Now, we're hearing that the solution, or at least a solution to this massive data in the era of so-called big data, is data analytics. Is that being deployed in a fashion that it wasn't before? Is data analytics an answer? Data analytics is part of the answer for sure. You, you have a massive amount of information coming in, and you do need to analyze it appropriately to see those patterns and trends specifically so you can go from being reactive, hey, we suddenly don't have enough of X, what do we do about it, to being proactive and anticipating, for example, as we're seeing right now, supply-side shortages and being able to react to them appropriately before it impacts you all the way down the line. Unfortunately, it's only a piece because to do good data analytics you have to have the data in a good state to be analyzed. And when the data is all sitting in many, many, many different repositories, that really adds a lot of time and complexity and difficulty on top of the data analytics and really slows that whole process down. For that matter, is data integrity an issue? Do you have to scrub the data somehow? Does it come in so-called in the form of dirty data? Is there an issue there before you can even make use of it? Yeah, that's always been an issue. I think to some degree, it's less of an issue in supply chain than it is in some other areas because a lot of information coming in is automatically generated. Most of that dirty data issue often comes from cases where uh, humans are hand-entering information. That, of course, is prime place for errors to creep into the system. But you do get the challenge that not everyone is using the same terminology. Not everyone is referencing the things in the same way. And so combining that data so that you can resolve all of the different terminologies, part numbers, et cetera, does indeed become quite the challenge. We are, of course, also hearing about the solution on top of data analytics because there's so much data out there, more than humans can possibly make sense of. Artificial intelligence, machine learning, that type of technology, how mature is that and how is that helping us to understand to make use of this data, to aggregate it, to propagate it? How is AI and machine learning playing a role? Yes, yeah, so a lot of companies are definitely using machine learning to really help in this area. It's very much still, machine learning is very much still in its early stages. We're learning a lot about it, about how to do it right, how to roll it out at scale, how to learn from our mistakes. And that information is really growing very, very rapidly as people do new research into that. Unfortunately, one of the biggest challenges right now is that a lot of what's coming out of machine learning is, is what's kind of referred to as black box machine learning, meaning uh, I set up mm -hmm. a system to help me with maybe my supply chain decisions, and I put all this information in, and it gives me uh, some kind of a, uh, a decision. It says, hey, I should change my production to pull from this supplier instead of this supplier for this particular product for some period of time, for example. But what it can't tell me very often is why, and that's really problematic. If you need to make a change to your decision and you don't really know why, other than some machine told you, that's one, it's, it's hard to sell. And two, when it goes wrong, you don't know why it went wrong. And it becomes very hard to tune the machines and so forth. So that's actually a big field right now in machine learning is dealing with 
solving that problem and creating essentially explainable AI. But that's really in its infancy at this point. It also feels like maybe the final decision has to rest at some point with a human being. So number one, as you say, they need to know why the machine made that decision. But then also they need to be able to decide whether to go with that decision or not. And maybe sometimes human instinct can actually be a better way to go. I don't know. Do you think that that will remain the case for some time to come? Yeah, it's, it's a tough choice right now. I'm a big believer in making decisions more and more based off of concrete data. And I think you absolutely can do that now with data analytics, with bringing your data together, and with certain types of machine learning. There are certainly existing algorithms and techniques out there that you can understand why a certain result comes out of it and then make that decision. I tend to personally shy away from those sort of black-boxed, unexplainable machine learning processes for critical business decisions. Because you're right, you, you can't explain it. And if I'm going to spend a lot of money, because these things are very expensive typically, on a machine learning system, that's going to give me an answer that I can't look at the data and understand why that happened. And I have to, as you say, rely on my gut. Why am I just relying on my gut to begin with and save those millions of dollars? We've been talking up to this point purely about incoming data. But of course, the whole point of the incoming data is that you can then propagate it further down the supply chain, ultimately to a customer who wants to know, where's my product? Where's my shipment? Where are we now in the ability of companies to do that, to turn that data around and turn it into useful information for the customer? We're not doing that great, unfortunately. And you see this in, in two major areas. One, as you said, is essentially in the call center, right? When someone calls in and says, hey, where is my order? There's still, in most call centers, the people working there have to log into many, many, many different systems as you're talking to them to try to track down what exactly has happened with the order and how can they resolve that in some kind of a meaningful way for you? And this leads to, of course, longer call times, less positive resolutions, and then therefore less satisfied customers, because you don't want to spend your time in the phone at the call center. The other way it's impacting people is in product recalls. Unfortunately, many companies still, because the data is such a challenge put back together, when something in the supply chain is recalled, they are not able to track it exactly down to a very, very specific release or batch of goods that they know it has gone into. Instead, they end up having to recall large swatches of items produced that may have had component, that component in it from a supplier. So again, typically, for whatever component we're talking about, there's going to be several different suppliers supplying that component. The ability to know exactly which end components that went to the consumer have that recalled item in it really can impact the bottom line. But most companies can't do that yet. They can't track it down to that level of detail because it's just too much information. When you're talking about that, yet another piece of shiny technology that's supposed to be the answer to all of our problems is blockchain. It's purported to do exactly what you just described. Do you have any faith in that technology, either now or going forward? Really, and this is not a super popular opinion, I think blockchain has really been oversold in a lot of areas. It is really good for what it does. It's, an, it's a secure, distributed electronic ledger, essentially. That's what you need. That's great. But again, you have to remember, it's actually quite expensive to run still. Blockchain requires a lot of compute power, which then draws a lot of electrical energy and creates a lot of heat. So it's going to be very expensive to actually run. To your earlier point, there are not a lot of professionals out there that can really help you manage or set up or run a blockchain installation. And really, I think the issue here is less about maintaining 
a ledger that can be publicly verified to see that it hasn't been tampered with. The challenge here becomes there are so many parts coming in, again, from different suppliers that are then being manufactured. How do you actually track that? And some of that is a technology issue in terms of just bringing those data sources together and managing them. But a lot of them gets down to even the assembly room floor, right? If, if I've got boxes of widgets coming in and people putting them together on the floor to make my product, how do I really track which widget from supplier one versus supplier two went into which products down at the assembly room floor? And that can be a real challenge. And that gets obviously into a completely different topic. The digital supply chain is all the rage today. And yet it just seems like so many companies still have those spreadsheets hanging around. And do you have any hope that they may go away at any time soon? Because it's this for years companies have been talking about getting off of Excel and, and yet they continue to use it as an important factor in all of this. So are we looking at a future a truly digital future without spreadsheets, without manual entry, with actual movement of data smoothly up and down the supply chain. When is that going to happen? wish I knew when exactly. That's, a, that's an interesting idea. Uh, I don't think we're ever going to get rid of spreadsheets. Uh, and it's not just the supply chain. They're, they're everywhere. They're in every industry. When you really dig down, a lot of everyday business will run on spreadsheets that just reside on individual employees' laptops or workstations. They're not centrally managed. They're not not part of that corporate workflow. And it's a problem, but it's really a symptom, right? It's a symptom of what we talked about before of it's too difficult to get those data sources and bring them together at the enterprise level using uh, the technology we've been using. So I think we're going to get there. I think there are new technologies coming out now, like graph database technologies that are really designed to allow us to bring data together and link them. But it's going to take some adjustment, and it's going to take a little time. So the answer to the question is, how's my product doing? Where's my shipment? And like, we're not there yet, but I guess there's some progress been made, right? Yeah. <laughs> there's some hope, and we've gotten somewhere along that line. Absolutely. I mean, we've definitely gotten better, but we're getting hit in all fronts, right? People want better information. But at the same time, we're forcing companies to look at more and more different sources of information. I mean, companies used to just have to look at information coming from brick-and-mortar stores. And then eventually we adjusted to having some kind of a web presence. But now people are selling things on Instagram and on Twitter and all these other streams and channels popping up. So there's more information that's coming in that has to be managed. And we still want the same or better levels of service for that, better levels of information to make decisions internally. So it's definitely gotten better. It's improving. Uh, it's definitely a lot of work to be done. Still a lot of it is done manually, kind of the old-fashioned way. Okay, well, Clark Ritchie, thank you for your insights on how data is flowing up and down the supply chain and how it might in future. I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much for being with us today. That's my pleasure. Thanks very much for having me. That was my conversation with Clark Ritchie of FactGem, talking about managing and making sense of data. We're online at www.supplychainbrain.com, where we post a new episode of this podcast for streaming or downloading every Friday. You can also read my Think Tank blog, watch thousands of videos, and access all of our other content, including the digital edition of our magazine. Look for us on Facebook and LinkedIn, and follow us on Twitter, at SCBrain. You can also download or subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Got any comments or suggestions on this or any episode? 
email me at rbowman at supplychainbrain.com. Stay well and see you next time.